Michael, I want to thank you for coming here this mm. early morning. Yeah. After coming in last night, you flew in last night. From That's where? That's right. Uh, Oita. Oita. And what were you doing Kyushu. up there? Not that I'm getting all in your business. Uh, just curious. You know, I, the, the short version of it is that I wanted to go to Beppu. I've never okay. been to Beppu. It's one of the famous onsen towns in Japan. Me, you told me. Right? Yeah. And uh, the other thing is that during the pandemic, I, I really took up uh, hiking with mm -hmm. a kind of a serious interest. Which you'd never done before? No. Okay. I was a long-distance athlete for about 10 years, okay. uh, marathons, triathlons. But you started that kind of late in life, too. I started that late in life, yeah. 29, 30. Let's start off back because you sound very similar to me in a way, but I was, my reasons for starting late were a little bit different than yours probably. Mm. Where were you born? Dallas, Texas. So you're Texan? No. <laughs> and I, I don't say that uh, negatively, but I, I, I was only there for three years. My father was in the military. Okay. What branch? Uh, Army. Okay. Uh, no. Army, but stationed with the Air Force. Okay. That happened. Yeah. yeah okay. And do you have siblings? I did. I had one brother, and he passed away five years ago. I'm sorry to hear that. Is he older or younger? Younger. Younger? How many years difference? Uh, three. Three years. Okay. Yeah. Were you guys close? Mm, you know, yeah, in a way. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we live far apart, um, and certainly after I moved out and went to college, uh, life took us in very different directions. We never spent a whole lot of time together. But yeah, we were close. Okay, okay. Did he have a family? No. Okay. No, he had not married. Right, right, right. So, mom and dad, are they still together? My father passed away four years ago. Mm. Okay. Had they stayed together the whole time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And how's mom doing? Yeah, well, you know, it's the pandemic, right? And she's alone, so, you know, it's what it is. But yeah, I, I talk to her a couple times every week. She's, she's doing well. Where does she end up? Where does she end up? Okay, so after the military, um, what they ended up doing was going back to their hometown, which is eastern North Carolina. Okay. And then life took them other places, and mm -hmm. uh, eventually to California. Mm -hmm. And when my father's career with the telephone company ended, they went back to North Carolina and he took another job there. And the play, the, since that job was kind of statewide, I mean, he was traveling constantly. They could go wherever they wanted. Mm -hmm. And they chose to go back to their uh, their hometown. Was he in communications when he was in the army? Was he part yeah. of that section? Okay, yeah. so he's yeah. in comms. Yeah. So where did you? Would you? Where would you call home? I mean, you were military. What, all all of your life, he was in the military. Did he? Did no, he no, 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 no. Okay. He, he did one tour, okay. and this was uh, prior to the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. And as the story goes, my mother, you know, felt not good for him to go to, uh, to war, so he, he stopped after the one tour. Okay. I think he wanted to stay, mm -hmm. but uh, she didn't want him to, and mm -hmm. that's how it turned out. Mm -hmm. So where, did you call, where would you call home in the States? Where did you spend the most time with it? In your formative years, which is actually elementary now, to age 12. Well, actually, because my father worked for the telephone company, they moved him about every four years. Mm -hmm. So to be frank, you know, I can say North Carolina broadly because I was there all the way through uh, my undergraduate degree. Okay. But uh, one particular city I can't say because we lived in five different places. Which were, where, where were they? Where did you live? So we lived in Rockingham, we lived in Charlotte, in Lenore. Wait, wait these are cities? These are cities. These but are in what state? They're all in North Carolina. All in North Carolina. So you lived, the state you lived in? Was, was North Carolina from age three till 23. Okay. And then I went to graduate school out in California and I stayed there for about six years. Right. Uh, before moving to Tokyo. So at this point, Tokyo's been over half my life. Over half your life, yeah. That happens pretty quick. Yeah, mm, yeah. it does. It happens <laughs> pretty quick when you find a place that matches your personality, your, your, your fwinky. Yeah. What did you study in college? What were your interests in school? Uh, well, my, my undergraduate degree was literature, okay. and my master's degree, I, I studied creative writing at San That's Francisco what I was State. Say, you told me you like to write. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, by the time I was finished with school, I could, uh, you know, go and 
apply for jobs and say, yeah, I, I can write you a poem. Right. Yeah. So what, have, you, have you written anything? Have you have any books or do you have anything else? I've not written books. I've written, a, I'm quite well published um, okay. articles. Um, and like which magazines? Or? More like, uh, for a long time I, st- I wrote, uh, let, me, let me take a step back. Mm-hmm. When I came to Japan, I got into marketing. Okay. I took a job in advertising, so I wrote a lot in com- terms of communications, wrote about brands and right, uh, right, just right. the communications industry here. Um, since then, I've started writing a little bit about Japan from a travel point of view. Mm-hmm. I've started doing that a lot. Was that part of this trip? Did you it wasn't a reason the for the trip. Right. But, but did you do any writing during the trip? I did not. Okay. Um, that's a good question. Yeah, it's funny. I was sitting on the airplane last night and uh, started scribbling notes. Some, some things. So it was only writing you did? Yeah. Because you were enjoying those onsens too much. See, this was really a downtime for you. You were recharging. For what reason? <laughs> okay, so now, right. you, you, now you shift the conversation. I yeah, it is true that I was recharging. Right. And but part of the reason I'm recharging is because, you know, central Tokyo is... is full on all the time, no matter what you try to do. Right. And uh, this is something that uh, the pandemic has really taught me. I, it's taught me this because I started getting out of Tokyo. Mm-hmm. I started bicycling places. Thank I started you. getting, well, I either bicycle somewhere and hike, or mm-hmm. I take the train somewhere and hike. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, when the pandemic was at its worst, and nobody wanted to take the trains, I would just bicycle. I'd ride up to Gunma, I'd ride to Nagano, like a couple of times up to Chichigi mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, check in somewhere and just hike. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I've, uh, I've, I've, I've definitely clued in to the notion that uh, you need nature to recharge. Okay. Are you married? Oh yeah. Okay. Do you have children? I uh, know. No. That's why you look so happy. You said that the other day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's why I say to everyone that doesn't have kids, because once you have kids, you understand why. Sometimes you see people walking around with a grimace. It's not because they don't love their kids, but mm, because mm. I don't care if you live in the country. <laughs> There's something about having someone that mirrors you. And I always say that our children don't represent our future; they mm. represent our past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the only thing we can teach them is what we've already learned. What you've experienced, But yeah. they threw that right back at you. That's mm. <laughs> something. So you're in your world. So is your wife Japanese? Yes. Is she also a yogi? Um, mm. Now, yogi is a difficult term. Are you a yogi? I would say not. Okay, why? Tell me, what is a yogi then? Because that's what I pictured you as being. You know, I think to really be a yogi, and, and, and this is, I'm, I'm being kind of strict now with the terminology, but um, you cannot be a household owner and be a yogi. To be a yogi is to be a monk. Gotcha. You, you know, you know too you many monks that have you right. know, two, you a two-car garage and, yeah. You can't have yeah. any possessions, right. It's not so much the you're, possessions, you're but your, your focus is on the spiritual life. I understand. That's it's not it. on the Spir- material life. Yeah. Gotcha. And so, in that sense, no. Right. I, I, I but do you have material things that you're interested in? Not especially. What about your bike? That's a material thing. I know, but and you're I interested. Love, and I love that bicycle. Okay, so I'm talking, because yeah. I've seen you on it. The way that you pump it, the pace, I'm very observant of people. Mm-hmm. And before we even talked, before I met mm-hmm. you, I used to mm-hmm. see you move. And I said, this guy's long distance, because your pace is consistent. It's not too but it's just consistent. You're just doing your thing, you're on yeah, your but way. Sometimes I fly. I haven't seen you, I haven't missed that. Yeah. Not where we're at, not where yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're we'll flying around. Yeah, not, not, not Monotico, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it right. get me out a little bit. Is that right? Yeah. But you like to just go for it. Well, you would love mm-hmm. riding in Hokkaido if you like straightaways. Yeah, if, 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 uh, the thoughts cross my mind to throw the, uh, the bike on the train and go up. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Japan is a, everyone says Japan is a small country, but there's a lot, a of, lot places of space to go. in between yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Small compared to what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, this, so this trip was to Kyushu. Right? Mm-hmm. This was uh, only my third time to Kyushu. Okay. All these years, just three times to Kyushu. Because you've been in Japan for how many years now? Um, yeah, for 30 and a half. Okay. All right. Do you see yourself 
being here indefinitely, or do you plan on leaving? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. I mean, at a certain point, you start thinking, how am I going to fit in anywhere else? Right? That's right. Yeah. I did that when I went to France, thinking I would take my business there. Hmm. Didn't take one. <laughs> take a day. I said, you just really start thinking. You have to build the same environment that you have where you are. Yeah. And it's hard to create that. And you're sure not going to change the people. Hmm. <laughs> so, back to Japan I came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do you love about Japan? What do you find attractive? What do I love about Japan? Or should I say it the other way? What is it that you don't love? Mm, no, the first question is easier because I, I, I don't think in those other terms. I didn't right? I, I mean, it's... it's if I make myself think about it, sure, I can think of a, I can make a, a laundry list of things I don't like. Yeah, um, but I, it doesn't occupy mental space for me, so it's not something I can just easily spit out. Okay. And what I what I like about Japan, I, I hate for it to sound so um, just simple, but I mean, living here is pretty easy. And part of the reason that living here is is easy, and I don't want to overemphasize this either, but to a degree I didn't experience in America anyway, people kind of uh, prioritize harmony. And, uh, and I don't want to say that America is unharmonious. You know, America is obviously a, a vibrant culture and you can't have a vibrant culture unless people agree on things at least to a, to a degree that you can live together, right? Um, but yeah, Japan just, it's, it's easy to live here. And uh, the food's great. The if you live in central Tokyo, you get the best of uh, modern urban culture. And for me, nature is not that far away. So I've always worked with my body. And uh, for my first 10, 11 years here in Japan, um, my chosen sport was uh, was running. And you didn't. You you went into yoga when you first came. Well, that's a whole other question. Um, no, I my I yoga background goes back to when I was a teenager, so that's when I was introduced to yoga. And did you continue from that time all the way through, or did I you? I can't have any breaks? say that. Okay, no, because I was introduced to um, yoga by uh, my Asian religions teacher in, in university. And so, wait, wait, I thought you said you first did it when you were what? 15? 18. 18. So you were in a university at 18? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I was there at 17, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was in, um, mine was a, a city college, and then I got drafted. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. yeah, okay. So, yeah, yeah. The, the, the draft was still on when you were, oh, yeah, because yeah, you're, you're I was alone, alone. among yeah. the last ones. They had to yeah. get a certain amount. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you started in university. That's when you were introduced to, to by your Asian that, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, because the, 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 the reading, the syllabary for, for that course included uh, books like the Bhagavad Gita, and we read little selections from the Upanishads. So that's what this guy was into, mainly. Mm -hmm. It was meant to be a survey, right? It's just for freshmen. Right? Okay. But he also is extracurricular activity introduced asana classes. Asana is the physical practice of yoga, right? And uh, so I, that was where I first learned it. Now this is, uh, this is North Carolina, right, in 1981. So yoga, there were no yoga studios That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, where did he, was this just a mental exercise or did you actually physically get no, we did the physical. You? We did the physical practice too. Where, where yeah. did he take you to do this? We, we used a room at the, stu at the uh, university. He had a, he made a yoga room? He no, it wasn't a, it wasn't, no, you know, it's, it's, it's a university that has, you know, gem space. Okay, and so I, he just got a space. Yeah, I can't even remember exactly where the room was, but it wasn't part of the literature building, it was more part of the, the complex where there was the gym. And how many students were there, basically, oh. in this program? It wasn't a program. It was this, like I said, this was an extracurricular activity for the course. So okay. he, it was like, yeah, so we can have this yoga class and right. he would teach some of the asanas. So how many people were, did he have in the uh, class? I don't know. I think most of the people in the, the, uh, that were attending the class attended it, if I remember correctly, 20 to 30. Okay. But what, what attracted you to it? Or you just felt that you, okay, I'm going to find out what this is all about? Or? Mm, you know, you're 18, right? So you're just on a 
trip to kind of discover but you what, could have been going in about. any kind of direction. Then. Yeah, so but I always had the interest in, in, okay. in Buddhism. I had, I had an interest in Eastern religion, even though I knew nothing about it. Right? Okay. So anyway, so that was my introduction to yoga. And the idea stuck. And when I was in graduate school in California, I took another course. I took a, this I actually took a course at the university in, in yoga. And visited a couple of the studios because by this time studios were, were starting to pop up more and mm -hmm. more and particularly in San Francisco you'd find a bunch of them. You finish, after you finished university then you went to California you said? No, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, after I finished undergraduate, undergraduate and I was doing, but I went to California specifically for graduate school. Right, but you, you your, your major was writing, li literature? Literature is an undergraduate literature. creative writing, creative writing right. at, the, at the graduate right. level. Yeah. So you went to California Want because you're going to write for oh, Hollywood scripts and stuff, and that's what your, your goal was. No. Come on, let's get, let's get with it. Come on. You said, I'm going to be a screenwriter. You know, I, I wish you'd been my agent at that time, right? <laughs> I, I, I think uh, I, I would have followed a, a more kind of straight path. path. But yours was more like planes. Yeah, it's still that. Okay. It's still that very much. Well, all of us are. Yeah. We just tend to like to draw a straight line. Nobody is yeah. a straight line. Now, I worked on fiction writing. Okay. Uh, fiction writing was the thing. And you had and, a story. Uh, the, the smarter thing would have been maybe to, uh, to have gone down to LA. And, and I pondered it, actually. I, at, at the end of graduate school or the end of the uh, MA, I was thinking, okay, PhD. So I, I, I did. I went down to, to UCLA and I, I looked at the university. and. Uh, it was, a, it was a fun weekend, and I went back, and uh, God, I can't even quite remember the trajectory here, but it wasn't that long after that I, uh, I defended my master's thesis and flew to Japan. Okay. So From I, San Francisco? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I... Uh, How did that... Okay, you always had interest in Asian, Asian studies anyway, you said. Yeah. Okay. How did Japan pop? What I mean? Okay, this is a whole other story, right? Well, still, but no, it's still part of the same story. Were you mm. around because you were around a lot of Asians, or you guys had an attraction towards Asians, or you? Yeah, yeah. It's going to sound the, the, the further we go into this, it sounds like everything for me is unplanned, it's, which is not a, which is not a wrong way of seeing it okay. at all. You know, so I'm, so okay. I'm I'm in uh, I'm in graduate school, and I'm. Uh, I'm more than halfway finished with the coursework. And I got a friend in the Peace Corps in a country in Africa that nobody's heard of, Malawi. Okay. And uh, he's finishing up his, his thing there. And he says, yeah, if you're going to come and visit me, it's now or never. And I, uh, I thought, okay, well, okay, I'm just going to put a pause on the graduate school thing and I'm going to go there. And I, I ended up spending about six months there. It was fun. Okay. Uh, and it was really eye-opening. I had done a little bit of international travel at, up to that point, but, but just a little bit. And, uh, was and that your first time outside of the United States? No. I had, okay. uh, in, graduate in undergraduate school, I went to, uh, to Europe. Okay. And uh, the language I was studying then was German, and uh, German's too hard. <laughs> um, but uh, it was fun. <laughs> um, the German beer was great. Uh, and I... Um, Anyway, so, so, but Africa was the first time you had to put on a backpack and just really have um, no destination in mind. Except for to go see him. No, no, I mean, yeah, but once I was there with him, he, w he was still working in the Peace Corps, right? So I had um, spent some time with him and then I had time to go I here, time to go there, okay. and then after that he finished and then we traveled together for a while. And this is a long way to saying that when we were on a safari at one point in, uh, in Kenya, I got really sick. And uh, I don't you know who knows what it was, but uh, you know my nose was bleeding and uh, had a fever and uh, just couldn't get up. And the person who took care of me was a uh, person, the person who was on the safari, and uh, that was a Japanese woman. And so I thought, yes, okay, Japan. And uh, now nah, it, it, that's kind of an exaggeration, but. Uh, So that was one thing with Japan, and then later on we hooked up with these other people who um, 
Canadian guy that had just finished teaching English mm-hmm. in Japan and was you know, took his money and was was going to travel and, and he was from Japan. Okay, this is the second you know, indicator of Japan. And uh, and then I went back, got back to the states and uh, started participating in this program where graduate students from Japan who were in going to university in the U.S. in the U.S. were wanted to meet people who had an interest in Japan and you have kind of a language exchange thing. So I started studying a little bit of Japanese, met this guy, and he's an interesting guy. And so we uh, played chess and shogi and I learned a few more things about Japan. Was he Japanese? Yeah, Japanese guy. Japanese yeah, he was working for Nomura. Okay. Nomura Shogun. Okay. And uh, they had sent him over to get an MBA. So anyway, it's just, you know, it's just something we'd, we'd meet once a week as a language exchange thing. His, his English was pretty good, but it definitely you know, probably helped and uh, ended up being the best man at his wedding. So you guys really had a friendship? Yeah. Well, that's neat. Do yeah. You still, are you still in contact with him? You know, it's been a while. Okay. Um, we kept it, after I, after I came to Japan, we, we met pretty much every year, once or twice. Where does he live? Where does he live? You know, I have no idea. I'm assuming, I'm assuming he's still at the headquarters with, with Nomura because okay. he was a bright guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he didn't seem to have any intention of moving on anywhere else. But uh, yeah, uh, I should get in touch with him. Yeah, mm. yeah. I have some friends like that too. Mm. But you know they're going to be there and it's not going to be like you've had lost any time when you get back. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the kind of friends it's nice to have. You know, it doesn't matter how much time you have, when you get together, nothing mm. is lost. Mm. That's nice. So then you decided after that, you had these three experiences with Japan, basically. Yeah, and so I, uh, so I enrolled in a, a language, um, a City College of uh, San Francisco, enrolled in a Japanese language class, and started learning the basics of the language. And I knew after the graduate after the uh, graduate degree that if I wasn't going to continue to to study, um, if I wasn't going to enroll in a PhD program, I was going to travel. And uh, I didn't have a lot of money at that point. I mean, you could actually say I had almost no money, but I had enough money for a plane ticket. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I knew one person in Japan, and uh, he seemed to be open to my you know, crashing at his place at least for a, a few weeks till I got on my feet. Mm-hmm. And, I, uh, and, and so the, that's the rest, that's the story. That's how you came. I came here, and within a day I had a job. Uh, it wasn't the job I expected. I came here expecting to get a job in a newspaper. Of course. But this was right at the tail end of the bubble, and the newspapers were already kind of like cutting budgets, or they were mm-hmm. they were not expanding. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my my interviews at those at the English language dailies did not go that well, and uh, not not enough to make me think that they were going to give me a job anytime in the near future. Mm-hmm. And I met somebody who hooked me up with a um, interview as a copywriter in an ad agency. Well, so still writing. You still got a job writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and so it was an easy thing for me because right, right. I, you know, I have supreme confidence in my writing. You know, I went in and I thought advertising. Uh, and then they told me how much they were going to pay me and I thought, gosh, you know, two years I can save enough money to go to, you know, to go back and go to film school or go to mm-hmm. PhD or whatever, you know, my right, right. million ideas, right? right? Or just travel, keep traveling. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to stay at least a year, because that's what the contract was for. And at the end of that contract, I signed another one, two years, and then another one, three years, and then I got married. Oh, so you met her along that journey? She was working at the company, uh, she was working at the parent company for the, uh, for the creative agency okay. I was working for. Okay. And, uh, and then we got married, and then she left the company, and then... After that, she worked freelance as a translator and uh, um, advertising coordinator, I guess you'd call her. Mm-hmm. I kept working, and then I switched companies and to a, worked for a bigger ad agency here, and I did that up until 2011. Mm-hmm. And then you stopped. You haven't worked for a company since 2011. No, I made my own um, independent copywriting business, writing business, creative business at that point. And you, I continue that. And have an income from that. Yeah. Okay. The Yoga Tree, that's your business, that's your company? Yeah, that's our, bu- that's our company, my, my wife and myself. Okay. Yeah. Right. 
But she do, does she do yoga at all? Is she just your partner? No, 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 she does. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not we, a teacher, though. She does teach. Okay. She Right now, she's not teaching at the studio. Um, the pandemic kind of ended her classes. Her classes were privately arranged classes where she taught restorative yoga. Okay. And, uh, and then those students... Anyway, the, you know, you know, mm-hmm. basically a, a lot of classes came to an end and, right. and her classes came to an end and she hasn't put them back on. Okay. Mm-hmm. So tell me, so what are your plans from this time forth? I mean, you've been doing yoga all this time and you have a thriving business. I mean, mm-hmm. You have devoted clientele, there's no doubt about it. Mm. Lululemon loves you, doesn't love me. But anyway... <laughs> Put your picture of we, we need to we need to have a discussion with them. Oh, well, let's oh, set up a time. Let's set up a meeting. I need to get on just like we like this. All those you told me about mm. all the pictures they took of you in different poses. Yeah, and then they ended up with one of you like this or something, just sitting up, <laughs> not even in a yoga pose. You know, I didn't really discuss with them their 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 strategy for it. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't. I mean, right for taking all the poses. Uh, but yeah, they brought the photographer in. They just want to make sure you can do it before they put you up there, I guess, or something, right? <laughs> no, they'd been taking my classes. They, they knew what okay. I could do. Okay. Um, you know, I, I don't want this to be... Okay. You don't have to say it then. No, it's all good. Um, I know that Lululemon, one of the things that uh, is a brand they're very serious about is, is the idea of diversity. Mm-hmm. Okay, and when we think about diversity, a lot of it is, is LBGQ, right? Uh, L, um, well, they're the loudest, I mean, yes. Yeah, but it's, it's, I don't think it's purely that. I, I think that, that Lululemon really does look for um, diversity in terms of race, in terms of age, in terms of the different things where they choose their ambassadors. If you look at all the photos of mm-hmm. them, you, you, you see that it really is multicultural and it's... Um, Anyway, so there's that. And so I have a feeling that with the photography, they, they weren't looking just for people who could do the most um, difficult postures or things like that. And they, I don't think that they wanted that to be their image of the brand. And it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I'm a bit physically gifted. Um, Flexible mm-hmm. and, and reasonably strong, so mm-hmm. so doing yoga postures for me is, is nothing. You know, within a year, I, I I can do most of these things from a from an outward view of it. I see. Yeah, if you're just looking at a picture of it, it's like, I, oh wow, you know, the, the guy must be practicing yoga for you know, a long time. Area, right? But you lift as far as your structure and everything, right? You know, you, you take an acrobat and and just tell them the shape that you want, and you look at them and you think, gosh. Some mountain, mountain in the Himalayas <coughs> and for, for the last thirty right, years, exactly. right? And it's like, no, I've never done any yoga. <laughs> um, but you have looser ligaments or longer ligaments and tendons, and that makes a big difference. Hmm. I know kids used to say all the time to me that they thought they, thought they were double joints. There's no such thing. You don't have two joints there. What you have are loose ligaments and tendons that yeah. allow you to put your finger back there. Exactly. That's the only difference. Some exactly. people have tighter ones. Exactly. And that's the biggest difference. Not the muscle. It's the tendons and the ligaments. Yeah. If those are extended or cut, mm. like some people do not. Mm. I understand they used to do that for gymnasts in China. They used to say they cut their inner tendons, which yeah. is really painful. But then yeah. It yeah. gave them mobility that you wouldn't believe. Yeah. yeah. And other problems can come up too if you don't build up the muscle properly. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, what are your plans mm. for the future? My plans for the future? <laughs> well, to the degree that I make any plans, uh, there's going to be more mountain climbing. And, and you're really enjoying that? I am. You've done it for five years now. Four years ago, five years ago. No, the mountain climbing. The mountain climbing is is like just a little bit more than a year now. Oh, you yeah, know. What did you start? You said you started hiking, maybe. No. Okay. Yeah. No, all this stuff is new for me. All this is new. It's all new. This this is all pa- post pandemic or not post pandemic. It's all pandemic related activities. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm always looking for new things. Right. 
Is and in, in what field? In what area? Because I mean, I'm looking for new things. Um, for me, a lot of it is physical. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm a physical person in that sense, right? Mm -hmm. So for my whole life, I've uh, looked for whatever athletic challenges. Have you challenges. bungee jumped yet? Have I bungee jumped? I have. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't done that yet. Are um, you wanting to? I uh, not anymore. I used to, but I'm just concerned about the the response yeah. after that, and not fear. Of yeah, I was in the, the, uh, my thirties when I did it. This, so. yeah, yeah, I'm just worried at this time if it because I can raise my arm and pull my back. <laughs> I mean, just I'm worried about that. Mm. Should it snap and make my body do something I don't mm. expect it to do? Mm. My head isn't. I'm not relaxed for some reason. That's what I'm concerned about. But I will skydive. And you've done that? No, I've been in the tunnels. The air tunnels. I've okay. done that, and big the guy to let me go. I said I can handle myself, but you really you need to have someone with you at the beginning because it can. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's now that sounds pretty time. exciting too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do that. You, it, if you have the funds, you can do it enough times that you can become pretty good. You really go through it. So my sons gave that to me as a gift, and I tend to want to carry things on. But I want to skydive. I want to do that. Hmm. That I can handle. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your what are your aspirations? What what other things do you think you like? Do you like to get on vehicles of any type, or is it just mostly just things you can do with your body? It's mostly things I can do with my body. I've always wanted to. That's it's taken me a while. It's taken me arguably all the way up to now to really recognize it, and I think that probably. Um, if you ask me this question five years from now, I'll give you the same answer. It's taking me up to, to now to really realize it. But, uh, you know, it's... Life doesn't have stopping points. We until, tend to think until that until we, stop, we, right? yeah, until, until you have the big stopping point. That's right. Yeah, it's, it, we tend to think, oh, yeah, okay, so I got to this point and I realized all this. And yes, it's, right. it's not, it's just, it, it just continues. Isn't that something? Um, I feel that when they get people degrees. Mm. That's one of the worst things you can do to somebody. Yeah. They look at that paper and think, now nah, I'm fi finished. Yeah. Yeah. That's just one of the stops on your journey. That's one of my, um, <laughs> that's one of my real issues involving yoga. Mm -hmm. You know, I, uh, I'm going to use the words, but these words came from my teacher. Um, she said, uh, you know, the 200-hour teacher's training program for the 200-hour teacher certification was the worst thing that ever happened to the world of yoga. People get the certificate and they think I'm done. My journey's complete. Yeah, or the stage of it's complete, right. or whatever. And you know, it's, it's it's not. You said to me the other day that there's no way. There's so many people that have that that are hurting so many other people because they don't realize it's a journey. It's not a destination. There's that, and I mean, you, you're going to be able to say this about any sport. I mean, you're, you're, you have a gymnastics background, and you can say it about. Uh, I, I know that you can have that. You can start. You can start to say the same things that I'm saying. But yoga is a pretty big thing. It's a big world out there, um, meaning that yoga is going to have its spiritual side. It's got its philosophical side. It's got its physical practice side. It's got its therapeutic side, and 200 hours you, 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 is, 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 is a drop in the bucket for any portion of it. And particularly if you, most people who go through the 200-hour program, is either, they're there to teach the physical practice and maybe have some bit of awareness that there's a therapeutic side to it. If you don't have a pretty good sense of the two together, it's pretty easy to hurt people. Mm -hmm. Just because of your lack of knowledge. Because of your lack of knowledge. Okay. You're, teaching, you you're teaching things that don't work for the body, or you're teaching things that you heard somewhere, it kind of felt okay for you, or maybe even just the, 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 the knowledge has changed. Like we used to teach this, and then what we found is that actually it was really hurting people long term. But can't you find also that everyone's structure is a little different? Say it again. And you, oh, everyone's the body. structure. So you have to understand the physical structure. Yeah. The person you're yeah. working with. Absolutely. And their structure and their ability, how tight their tendons might be, and ligaments and stuff, compared to someone who might have looser ones. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what I do pretty much when I teach. Okay. I, 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 
I've been doing it for so long now I can make a pretty quick appraisal of somebody's body just in the first, um, no, okay, say the first class. Mm -hmm. Watch what they do and you can see largely what their background is in sports, injuries, imbalances. But it takes a long time to get there. Mm -hmm. um, and there's no instruction manual. For, for, for recognizing it, just because of the diversity of, of different things in the body, the, mm -hmm. the, the different type body types mm -hmm. is so vast, there's there's no way to have a manual for it. Right. So you're still learning, I mean, that's oh, why absolutely. you can, so you'll see someone you say, no, I've never seen that before. I've never seen that. So let me see if, and then you're, but you're constantly trying to keep a good communication with the person as you work with them. Of course. Right. And the, where I am now is I, I, I'll get a lot of people who come with specific medical issues mm -hmm. and they'll say you know what can I um, do for this what are some of the more common ones well let me before I answer that let me say that um, I have no medical training and so when people come to with with medical issues um, I'm very clear to say I have no medical training I say okay let, let, let's look at things I tell you what I know then you go to your doctor or your healthcare provider, whether it's a, doc, you know, a doctor or acupuncturist or whatever, and uh, get some appraisal. And if it seems to make sense, then you come back to me. That's, that's the way I generally work. Um, and I'm not going to get medical training at this point. I'm not going to go back to school. And, uh, but I have a, a fair amount of, uh, of knowledge when it comes to imbalances in the body. Mm -hmm. um, get people who will come to me with things like edema, for instance, or I'll get people who come to me and, and ask if... Okay, let, let's look at just more like the physical that's ones. Common, that's one of the common ones? Edema? No, no, that, that, that's, okay. that, that one happened recently. Okay. Um, more common ones is that I'm going to get someone who will come that will have frozen shoulder. Okay. Some kind of rotator cuff problem. And look, you know, the, the arm won't lift mm -hmm. or it doesn't lift like it used to. Um, Another really common one is sacroiliac problems. Um, sacroiliac problems meaning that probably stems from something in the hip. You know, too much sitting, too much weight. Um, and all of these things are, I believe, addressable with a good yoga practice. It's not, gonna, it's not a panacea. You're not going to start practicing yoga and it's going to fix it. But uh, a well thought out yoga program has inherently has a way of balancing the body. And one of the other aspects when it's well taught is that yoga has the quality of inducing relaxation. And a body under stress can't heal. And so without that component of being able to put the mind in a place where it can relax, can the body start to heal? So people who have um, injuries or they have their, the body starting to have some kind of disease, um, I think you know, yoga can be a real source of, of healing. I'm not going to, and again, I'm not saying it's a panacea. I'm not, you know. But it's just one of many things that can help you get to a state of better health and a better condition. Yeah. I mean, it, it, in a slight, I, I can twist it a little bit and talk about it in terms of what you do. You, you, know, you told me that with, with your I Can program, um, you are not teaching gymnastics or tumbling or whatever so much as you're teaching confidence. Okay, so that's just seeing body and mind together. And it's the same thing that yoga does. And my point about, um, about healing is I, I, I get people who come and, and you know, they're, they're, they're my age or say a little older and the body's starting to, you know, it's having this problem or it's having that problem and it's, that's natural in life. But usually what I notice about the, the people who are coming with, with a, lit, a laundry list of problems is they don't have the ability to relax. People take relaxation, they think, oh, yeah, okay. So after this interview, I'm just going to you know, chill out and relax. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I mean, it, it, 
Relaxation, like anything else, takes practice. You know, try to sit and make your mind still for 30 <laughs> seconds. You, you, if you can do that, then we can talk about your ability to relax. If you can't do that, then you, 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 you're not even at the first step. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Mm. So interesting. I do practice meditation. Okay, then you can relax. Yeah. Even this. Yeah. You know how hard it is for me not to say anything when someone's <laughs> speaking to me? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've had more informal conversations with you. I know, you like to talk. It's very yeah. difficult. Yeah. But I do it, and I'm getting well, better at it. That's yeah, I can, I can my meditation. Yeah. Because I find, I just find myself really getting into what the person's saying and stop. Yeah. Answering him for himself, let him answer. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, no, I can I, see. I got the answer. I got yeah. the answer. You can see the mind. I can <laughs> see that you're well practiced. Yeah. Okay. You're better at it than I. Yeah. I'm trying to. Yeah. I'm trying to be. But I find it so mm. therapeutic for me. It is so good. It's something that I haven't spent a lot of time doing. Mm. I've been the teller, mm. the advisor, mm. the fixer, the sage. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's time to stop that. I'm on the second half of my life. I want to see if I can do it differently, and this enhances things a little bit more. Just the journey. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. So what do you see for the future? What do you see for your future? Well, I'm going to continue to teach. I'm going to continue to write. Um, in what form it turns out, I have no idea. Are you still a fiction writer? You're doing now. About a year ago, I, I, I resumed fiction writing after probably a 15 year hiatus. I had not really worked on, on any fiction seriously in more than 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had some events in my life that uh, inspired me to start writing uh, fiction again. I won't go into this. Okay. Yeah, right. I won't go into this. Oh, but it was, it was, an, it was, it, there, were, there were events that made an interesting story. Okay. And then of course the story has to be fictionalized. So if it gets published and, and the stuff sounds too out there, right. don't, don't, right. don't, <laughs> don't <laughs> think, oh, this is what he really did. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at fictionalizing. Okay. Um, yeah. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. All right. So yeah, I'm continuing to write and... Uh, I, I mentioned one other thing. So... <clears throat> I laid out the, this, these different worlds of yoga, right? Or different um, mm -hmm. attributes, different mm -hmm. aspects of it. And the big one for most people is, is the asana. The asana, asana, is, you just translate that as postures, right? So the physical practice. If you look at yoga from a, if you were to step back and look at it from a historical point of view, it's a pretty small part of it. But anyway, it is what it is. It's, it's the, that's the way what people think of as yoga nowadays. And so there's a lot of teachers out there. And uh, even in a place like Japan where you know, yoga's taken a while to kind of catch up, there's still a lot of good teachers in Japan as well. So my teacher, one of my, one of my really early teachers, you know, he was already he's a bit of an academic in, in some ways or had an academic background, but uh, when you know, he stopped all of that and just went and lived in Asia. Asia. He came to Japan first, and went to Taiwan, and then he went to the Himalayas, and um, Thailand, and just, you know, that's it, right? He just went completely, he's a yogi, okay? So, uh, anyway, so he, you know, he, he, he taught, like everybody else, he taught the asana, and he was going around teaching at workshops here and there, and uh, he didn't have it exactly, he wasn't rooted at that point, so you know, he came to Japan once a year, go to, uh, Thailand once a year, but Ireland once a year. Um, anyway, by the time I met him, he was, you know, he had the asana part of it, but you could tell it wasn't really his thing. What he wanted to teach was pranayama and meditation. Mm -hmm. and pranayama, pranayama, people think of it as breathing, but it's, it's basically breath work or, um, we'll just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. It's basically breath work as a gateway to, to meditation. And that was his thing. And uh, he had a website, it was called Beyond the Asana, beyondtheasana.com. And uh, absolutely, 
if you get to the point where you can start to practice pranayama well and use it as a gateway to meditation, it is a much more interesting, a much more, it's bigger in scope and it's greater in depth than what you'll get from working with the body through physical postures. So yeah, so I'm kind of on that same road. Um, my body hasn't, hasn't given up the, uh, the um, physical part of it. You saw me do the handstand mm -hmm. the other day. My handstand's actually getting better That's at age really 58. Good. Wow. Um, and you just learned that a year ago? No, 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 no. Um, the handstand I learned at age 40. John taught you that at age 40? No. John no. did not teach me the handstand. I learned handstand from yoga teachers. Oh, I thought that he taught you the handstand. No. Well, then he, he improved your he handstand. He improved my handstand. Okay, so you he gave me gymnastics techniques that, that are not really used in, in, in yoga. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it fixed, um, like if you've seen my handstand before, uh, yeah, I'll tell you about, I'll tell you, this is my handstand. I'm flexible, right? So my, my, my arms go back easily mm -hmm. behind my ears, even now, in, okay. at this time of the morning, right? right. In, in right. this temperature. Right. You know, it's... Gotcha. The shoulders are flexible. So my, my handstand for the first year was jump up, fall back into a back bend. Mm -hmm. Jump up, fall back and into a back bend. bend. Jump up, on. okay. That's what you thought it was a handstand. I didn't know. I knew that wasn't a handstand. I wanted to balance, but I didn't mind falling over. That was fine. Okay. Okay. And then I developed the ability to fall over and then jump back up. I got you. Okay. And so that was that's what I did. Um, but you weren't able to just hold I it. I couldn't hold it. I got you. Okay, so you weren't doing a handstand. We won't call that a handstand. You wouldn't. No. Yeah. Um, and that developed the ability to balance. But it was a it was a pretty uh, delicate matter. <laughs> you know, it's like sometimes I'd hit it and sometimes I wouldn't. Right. And uh, I had a common problem, this is, a, this is something you see in, in bodies all the time in yoga rooms, that there's, there's not the proper stability between the pelvis and the torso. And so everybody has, mm -hmm. when right, they're going right. to postures, they have right. this kind of arch. Right, exactly. And so I became a, a, a master of the art, of, of, of <laughs> right. arching. Right. So I knew exactly where to arch right. in order to, <laughs> so to, to hold the right. balance. Yeah? And so John basically, through gymnastics cool. techniques, cool. fixed that. But Techn you don't fix that kind of thing overnight. No. You know, it's... Um, you have to get your body connected with your mind. And you then have, you have to, to know where you're at. Right? Synaptic if you connections. Know, if you don't know where you're at, it's hard to... And yeah. it's funny how you think. What I see as a gymnast, how you think your body's doing one thing, but it's doing something different. Exactly. You can have someone lie down yeah. and say, now make your body straight. Yeah. And they can be just like a snake. Yeah. And they think they're straight. Yeah, exactly. Fascinating, no? It is. It yeah. really is. Mm. What you think you're doing and what you're really doing are two different things. Mm. But as gymnasts, we're taught to really learn our bodies. So we can't perform the skill. There's no way to do that. If you're turning your head this way and you're throwing your arms this way, yeah. you're not going to be able to spin the way you thought Yeah, you exactly. Were. Exactly. But you think you're doing this, but you're not. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. I think what you're thinking about with... Uh, with, uh, with so, so John, I started working with John. Um, John was originally my yoga student. And, uh, and then we started doing things together kind of as a business mm -hmm. um, three years ago, maybe. And at that point, he started looking at my handstand and started uh, giving said he, some advice. He couldn't take it anymore. He said, I can't. <laughs> I'm sure it just drove him nuts. I, I he don't think that's John. I, no, it, no, it, no, it, but in his mind. I'm sure, I'm sure in his mind. No, yeah. In his mind, he's thinking, I can't watch another minute of this. Yeah. This is torture. It's like, no, for John, it's just belly out. It's so easy for me yeah. to correct this. And yeah. He couldn't live with himself knowing that he was in your class. And he said, it's like you having some rice on your face there and <laughs> no one's seeing anything. And you're going to take yeah. a photography session. Exactly. He couldn't do it. He just couldn't do it. So I said, so <laughs> let me say, how would you like to end this session? What would you like to say at the end of this? Any advice you'd like to give our podcast listeners? No, I have no advice. Okay. Well, you have anything you'd like to just say that's really a Michaelism? I'm not, a, I'm not big on isms. Okay. Well, let's make this just a Michael <laughs> <laughs> without the ism part. No, you know, I... I think, you know, because my, my career has taken me, my, my, my path in life has taken me um, 
to teaching. And I teach yoga, and, and the way I teach yoga, if I don't see a student very often, they're not going to get the, the sense of it. They can come to my class, they're going to get some alignment instructions, sequence, some little bit of thing to get the, the mind to relax. But the students I work with a lot um, will quickly, will, they'll, they'll come to the understanding that basically I'm not, not so much just interested in fixing their bodies, but helping them understand themselves. You work with your body and, and you have a body that's got tight shoulders. You can resist that. You can say, no, uh, I, I, I have a dream that my, uh, my arms are going to go to here. Um, the smarter thing would be to say, oh, no, God gave me these arms. And uh, this is my shoulder flexibility. And so I do the postures like this. And I can do really good postures, but some of them I can't do. So, in that sense, you know, it's, for me, yoga is knowing yourself. So I don't have any big advice for, for, for people. That was great. Beyond enough. that, I mean, I can't lay out, oh, you know, you should do this, you should <coughs> get up at this hour and, and, and But it's different thing. for everyone. It's different for everyone, yeah. And I think your advice of saying, knowing yourself is for everyone. <coughs> yeah, yeah. But you aren't going to put words in my mouth. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm <laughs> no, not. That, but I'm just saying, I, that's a joke. But you understand what I'm saying. But you, no, I'm saying. No, you just you, said that. I can't see anyone disagreeing with that. How would they? Know yourself? Mm. The, the, the challenge there is, uh, of course, it's, it's something to easy to agree to. Mm. But it's like every morning you've got to get up and renew that commitment. It's not like, oh, okay, good. It's Thursday good. afternoon, Here's your I degree. got it. <laughs> yeah. I got my degree. I'm done. Yeah. I know yeah. myself. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't work that way. I agree. Michael, I want to thank you for your time. This was fun. It has been. Thank you. I enjoy it. And if I say namaste, namaste, is that said at the beginning or the end of a practice? Well, you know, to put that in context, it's, uh, you, you could say it either time. Okay. And I'm not Indian, and so I hesitate to, to talk about these things, but um, it, it's used as a common greeting in India. So okay. that, that term. Okay. But you know what it means is um, the light that's divine in me greets or recognizes the light that's divine within you. It's not, um, in that sense, it, it's, it's good if you understand the, the, the history or you understand the, the, the actual meaning of the word, because it's not something that's just ritual. And, uh, and if you don't really recognize the deeper meaning, or the, the, forget deeper meaning, the actual meaning, um, maybe there's no reason to say it. Mm. But I, said I say it. And I said it too. <laughs> yeah. It's meaningful. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. I want to thank all of you for watching this podcast. Make sure you press like, subscribe, and never forget, it's all alone. Continue to reach for the stars, and you're too blessed to be stressed.